Rich and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister with you. Thanks so much for spending part of this exciting sports Saturday with us. Mitch is out of town today. So I got a good friend, Cody Fincher. They call him Bear. He's with me. What's up, I'm Bear? Your friend? Yeah. Well, it's I, the first I time you've we said that on the air ever. <laughs> but it's not the first time I've ever said it, and that's well, what that can't be proved. I was fully anticipating we were going to be coming into today's show and talking about how Devin Booker deserves the MVP and all is right with the world, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a Team USA win in the World Cup, and we didn't get either of those things. Nope. Uh, let's start. So fun. Let's start with the World Cup. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about soccer. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about the teams that are playing in the World Cup and who's favored and who's good and who's bad. I, I don't know all of that. I'm just putting that out there up front. It was also on very early today, and I wasn't 8 a.m. kickoff. I suppose that's because they're playing in another part of the world. I'll forgive them. For yeah, that. weird. How dare they? Um, there's always excitement around international sports, like you know, just countrywide. People are interested. I'm totally the guy that will, I don't watch soccer ever. Yeah, I never watch it. But when the World Cup is on or the Olympics, stuff like that, I'll watch it. It's, like a, Olympic, it's a country thing for like, me. When do you watch gymnastics? Oh, never. never. Until the Olympics roll around. And then we all when know Carly watch, Patterson. When do you watch <laughs> swimming? Never, never. Until Michael Phelps. <laughs> And that other guy, Ryan Lochte. Yeah. Him? Uh, it's the same kind of vibe for the World Cup for me, but I, I recognize this is the most popular sport in the world. And I hear a lot of uh, a lot of people saying things today that I hear all the time about Team USA, is that why don't the best athletes in America play soccer? And I think a lot of that has to do with the diversity of sports that we have in our country. I mean, we're the number one country in the world for basketball, which mm-hmm. is just athletically seems more exciting. There are more exciting things that happen in a basketball game consistently than Plus in soccer like games. NBA players here are superstars. Oh, absolutely. They're celebrities. Yeah. Pretty much. The and NFL certainly plays mm-hmm. a role in all of this. Some of the greatest athletes in, in America and the world play mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that baseball is on that same level, but certainly the MLB is the pinnacle of baseball competition in the world. So they pull a lot of great athletes. Here in America, we if you're the best athlete at your high school, do you play soccer? No, you're usually probably, not. You're probably the starting quarterback on the football team. And, and you play short, point guard. And you're the shortstop on the baseball team. And, and yeah. yeah. And, and, and you you're can the dunk. point guard. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what American uh, high school sports have kind of shifted into. I hope that that changes. I hope that we can get more great athletes into soccer so that, you know, the Team USA program can put together uh, a better crew going forward. They lose three to one to Netherlands. I don't know that that's unexpected today. Um, no, I but mean, it's disheartening. Like you said, I'm not going to pretend I know a lot. So I asked people that do know a lot, and and one of our colleagues here, Jake Anderson, is a huge soccer person. He you know has covered soccer and all that, and he plays Covers the he Phoenix plays, Rising. He Chris. plays soccer uh, every uh, a weeknight every week. You know he goes out and plays. He's had knee surgeries because he's gotten injured playing just as an adult. amateur soccer. <laughs> uh, so I asked him, I'm like, hey, are the Netherlands better than than us? Are, are they are they way better than us? He goes, I don't know about way better, 
but they're better. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And as soon as I saw this morning when I was getting ready to come in that it was too, too nil, as they say in football or soccer, too nil. I'm like, oh, it's over. It's because <laughs> I've I've watched if uh, I haven't watched every single USA match, but I know that it's been hard for them to score, and they haven't been scoring a lot. They've had a lot of draws, and they've won a one nothing game against uh, Iran. So I knew two nil. I'm like, ah, I don't know if they're going to come back because they just ha- they've struggled in in games that I've seen. They've struggled to put the ball in the net. Now here's the next question: With the USA team out, does intrigue in the World Cup here in America dwindle to zero? I mean, I hope not. not. I don't think it'll be zero. Here's the thing, too. And for our country, there's a lot of um, you know people who are from Mexico here, and Mexico's out too. I mean, so that's another big country that's not playing anymore. Our that, part of the world has yeah left the World Cup already. <laughs> not that that's shocking. I mean, there's a lot of great European teams. South American teams are good. There's yeah. some Asian teams that are very good. I mean, I I. I will probably not watch a lot of the World Cup going. I forward. would normally root for Italy once USA is done, but Italy's not even in the World Cup this year. Anyway, uh, three to one loss for Team USA earlier in the day. Not shocked, but uh, I do hope that people still pay attention to the rest of the World Cup. I think it will be exciting. Um, let's talk about last night's Suns game because again, I thought we were going to come in here today. I thought the conversation was going to be around Devin Booker, and certainly it still partially will be. Um, but I thought we were going to be talking about him and the MVP and, and, and is he the best player in basketball right now? And we could still have that discussion. But in context of possibly the best team in the West losing to the worst team in the West at yeah, home. Yeah, it was a bad loss last night. They lost by one point. Um, they At the end, too, they had about three or four chances to uh, go ahead in that game because someone, I can't remember who it was, Payne shot a three. Missed offensive rebound. Booker shot a three. Missed offensive rebound. And like they had about three or four shots at the end there to to take the lead, and they just couldn't put the ball in the basket. I just it just seemed to me like the team as a whole didn't take the Houston Rockets seriously enough. Um, because I mean, it, it just seemed to me like the Suns early on they weren't playing well, but they were up by. 10 plus. They had a they 10 point lead well right all. out of the gate. It and was that was 12 just two. And that was just talent. I mean, that's just talent on the team. Like, Booker was going crazy. Booker, I think, hit his first five or six shots in a row. Um, he had 41 last night. Uh, his third straight game with at least 40 points, by the way. Um, and, and uh, of course, he was sensational. Um, campaign had a good game. Mikel Bridges had a good game. DeAndre Ayton was horrible last night. He was really bad. And he has been great recently. Uh, he was coming off that, what, 30-point, 14-rebound game against the Chicago Bulls. And he was just, he was disengaged last night. Stat honestly. line, in 30 minutes, Aiton had 8 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Yeah. He had 1 block and 1 steal. He, he, Five turnovers. He was not involved at all. Uh, in the offense early on. He wasn't. They weren't feeding him the ball. They weren't getting him the ball at all. And that could have honestly helped or, or, or hurt his engagement in the rest of the game because he was not engaged on defense either. He It just seemed like he kind of... And I don't want to like... I don't want to insult DeAndre Ayton because he's been playing really well lately, but it, it just kind of seemed like he checked out last night. 
after not getting involved early. It, it just seemed that way. There was a play, I believe Devin Booker stole the ball and, and went, he, he was outnumbered on the defensive end. So he pushed the ball up, but he got trapped on the block by a couple Houston Rockets players. And he's waiting for somebody to come and, so he could pass it because he picked up his dribble. And, you know, no one was really getting open. And I'm like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, 10 seconds later, DA finally crosses half court. I'm like, what What are you doing? Where are you? Where have you been, man? Like, if he would have just cut, I bet Booker would have found him for an easy layup. But he just kind of just slowly walked up the court. And I'm like, oh, he is just, he's not into this game right now. Something new from Monty Williams yesterday was playing Dario Saric in the starting lineup. Yeah. He returns with, plays 21 minutes, but he only has three points. So and that he's was not only, involved in And that was offense. only because Torrey Craig has a groin injury and couldn't play last night. One for five shooting, one for four from deep. I don't know that I like Dario Sarge taking four out of his five shots from beyond the arc. Uh, four rebounds, two assists, not it, it, two blocks. So he was a little bit involved. He actually had the highest plus minus of the entire team, which is a <laughs> weird thing. But yeah. Um, I mean, it was the Booker show, right? He had 41 points. Payne had 20. Bridges had 22. It felt like for the majority of the game, the points were just coming from the three-point arc. I mean, yeah, you look really at were. Bridges was three of seven. Payne was four of seven. Booker was four of six. Wainwright was two of four. Uh, Damian Lee was two of five. They ended up hitting 46% of their three-pointers. That's amazing. This game, I think it deserves to be said, and you can read all about this at ArizonaSports.com, uh, our guys covered this extensively. This game was won and lost at the free throw line. Oh yeah, for sure. And I don't know if it's because of the narrative that the officials weren't giving the Suns the calls they deserved. Maybe there's some of that, certainly. But as I was reading from Kellen Olson last night on ArizonaSports.com, he writes, even if the Suns had received the calls that you wish they had received early mm-hmm. in that game, mm-hmm. It still doesn't mean they would have shot as many free throws as the Rockets. Well, the Rockets are a very good free throw shooting team. The Suns are not. I mean, look at this disparity in this, though. The Rockets shot 43 free throws. The sh- the Suns shot 19. Yeah. But here's another thing. The Suns shot 37 three-pointers. The Rockets shot 24. The Rockets were driving to the rim. Jalen Green was living at the free throw line. And he, because he's not a very good shooter. So he's, he drives to the basket. I mean, just, he shot 16 free throws by himself, Jalen Green. I mean, man, like, and yes, there were some bad calls. Um, there were some hand checking calls that were called for the Rockets that weren't called for the Suns and so on and so forth. And I don't know. Like, it just seems also like, I, I don't like blaming officials that much, but it really does seem like Devin Booker is not getting calls that he deserves to get. Well, and like, I look to this it. guy is a he's a superstar now, man. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because he's always talking trash on the court and whatever it is. It's usually it all in good competition with Book, but I mean, maybe these refs just don't like it and they don't give him the calls because he's not that he's always complaining about foul calls. Like he's not Luka Doncic or anything like that. But I mean, man, he's. He's just not getting calls. I don't want to overplay this. Like, it's one game, right? You play the Rockets. It's it's one out of, what, 80-plus games that yeah. you play in the regular season. But at the same time, the Rockets are 3-11 and on the road. I guess technically 2-11 and before this game happened. Yeah. The Suns are 12-1 and before this game at home. <laughs> so you got to be it's winning a, that it's game. It's a bad loss. But it's a bad loss. Here's, here's the context of it all that, that still bugs me. You're without Chris Paul. 
He's been out for quite some time now. I don't I don't know if there's a timetable on his return at this point. Cam yeah. Johnson, we know, is going to miss significant time. Uh, Jay Crowder's been away from the team. I mean, what else am I missing here? I mean, you're you're not a deep team right Cam now. Cam Johnson. You're not a deep team. Yeah. You look at what at the just the box score yesterday. The plus minuses of all the starters are are positive, but not very high. You got plus four, plus three, plus six. It, it's not very big. You look at the bench. That's a negative on almost every single player that played yesterday. When their bench unit is out there, this team is not is not as good. Nowhere near as good as they should be. The reason they had so much success in the playoffs in the last two seasons is because they were a deep team, because you had guys like Cam Johnson coming off the bench who was a starting caliber player. And Mm -hmm. I believe Damian Lee's been a pretty good player, so I want to give him credit off the bench. But aside from that, Landry Shamit's missed time. Jock Landale's been okay, but doesn't play a lot. Biombo is a fine backup center. Ish Wainwright's a fine backup forward. But you don't have a, a deep team like you've had in years past. No, you don't. And it's don't. starting to bite them. Yeah, it, it, not saying they this team needs Jay Crowder, but it was nice to have Jay Crowder in the starting lineup and Cam Johnson coming off the bench, for sure. And campaign, you know, campaign's played really well since Chris Paul has been Very injured. well. Uh, but it's he is a spark plug for the second unit, and that second unit is missing him right now because he's had to step into starting duties. I'll say this, too, about campaign. I hope that if and when Chris Paul does come back, that they don't... I'm hoping they ease him into it because I think part of the problem they had in the playoffs last year was they called upon campaign, and he was cold, and he hadn't been playing as much, and Mm -hmm. there wasn't that role for him, and he wasn't in a groove. And now that he's in that groove... I hope that when they bring Chris Paul back, they're kind of evenly splitting that duty. Uh, coming up next, I did not expect to be talking about this either today, but the Pac-12 championship game happened last night, and it completely changed the outlook of the college football playoff. That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Hey, thanks for checking out Arizona Sports Saturday. Tons going on today, and even a little bit going on yesterday. Now, I can't explain this, but most of the conference championship games in college football happened today. For some unbeknownst reason to me, I I have no idea why this is happening, but the uh, the Pac-12 championship game was last night. I have no idea why they put that on a Friday. Cody Fincher's with me this Saturday. (laughs) Uh, Why do they do that? Why do they put the Pac-12 on a Friday night? Friday night in Las Vegas. When everyone else Vegas. is playing today. Yeah. Weird, right? It's weird. Well, they did have the spotlight all to themselves, if you think about it. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, wouldn't you rather play on a Saturday than a Friday? No other football going on. Well, besides maybe some lower conference play like the Mac or something. So here's where things... But yeah, they had the, they had the spotlight all to themselves. Yeah, I guess. Here's where things stood as of yesterday. In the college football playoff rankings, Georgia, clear-cut number one. Can we all agree on that one? Georgia, number one. Number two, Michigan, undefeated, 12-0. They just beat Ohio State in a rivalry game at the end of the season. They're going to play Purdue, of all that's, schools, that's in the championship game. stupid about, like, can't Ohio State and Michigan, like... Just play again. No, but just don't be in the same, you know... Division. Yeah, tell me how fair this division uh, sounds in the <laughs> Big so Ten. That's so stupid. Like, well, the Michigan, Big Ten Michigan, has two divisions. Michigan wins its biggest game of the year, 
And then they have to somehow go play Purdue to be the champions. This is how like, the Big Ten breaks down. They're the champions. It doesn't the, matter. The Big Ten East has Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, yeah, like, and Michigan that's State. So stupid. All four of those are that good programs. Just, that should just be the whole conference right there. The Big Ten West... I'm going to read all of them. You tell me if you like any of them. Okay. Purdue, eh. Illinois, eh. Iowa. Eh, Iowa's They're okay. usually okay, right? Minnesota. Eh, no. Wisconsin. That's okay, a pretty Wisconsin's good one. Wisconsin's a, a big name. School. Although they just hired a new coach. We'll see how that goes. Nebraska is a disaster. Oh, yeah. Scott Frost made sure of that. Big program, but a disaster. Sure. Just hired a new coach. We'll see. And then Northwestern. So I think, yeah, Northwestern's... Usually all right. They had a decent year last year, right? So but I, I think I think if Wisconsin and Nebraska get back to what they expect themselves to be, then that conference gets a little bit more competitive. You're not having a, and I don't want. Sorry to any uh, Boilermakers out there, but you're not having Michigan and Purdue as the as the conference championship game. What you could have Michigan or Ohio State versus Nebraska or if, Wisconsin. What if Purdue wins? I'm oh not trying gosh. to tick you off, Trevor. Don't wish they evil on us. I'm not trying to tick you off here, but what if it what if it happened? I mean, so the reason that we're talking about this, right, is because last night's Pac-12 championship game did not go the way that most people thought it would. USC is sitting at number four in the country and looking real good for a college football playoff. They've got Lincoln Riley in his first season on the West Coast. They have Ka- Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams, who's probably been the best player in college football, and they lose, and they get boat raced. By Utah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One thing I hate about the, uh, the championship games is funny stuff always seems to yep. happen. That's what always. I'm saying. Yep. Caleb Williams got hurt. He's on one leg pretty much the whole game. Um, did you see the hit that the Utah quarterback took? Ugh. Yes, I was like, wait, they didn't call targeting on that or anything. Like his helmet got knocked clean off, and that's probably his own fault for not having his chin strap. But now think about Buckled, what this does for the man. for the college football playoff. The number four team USC loses. There's yeah. no way that you stay at number four when they, you lose, they, right? Yeah, you I shouldn't. can't imagine that. I mean, Utah's good. They're I number mean, eleven. It's not like they, it's not like they lost to an unranked team. It's not like Michigan losing to Purdue possibly. So Utah was probably going to the Rose Bowl regardless of whether they won or lost this game because if you win like they just did, they're not getting into the playoff. Is the Rose Bowl not a playoff game this year? I don't think so. They rotate those. Um, so can never keep track. You're not going to win. So, or they they win the game. So they're not going to be in the college football playoff. But if you had lost this game to USC, USC goes to the playoff. Right. So, so the next best team has to go to the Rose Bowl. Right. That would have been Utah. So they're going to the Rose what Bowl the, either what way. What are the rankings right now? Uh, well, we don't. I don't have anything updated. Obviously, based right. on this weekend's what were, games. What yet. were they? Uh, I have them here. Georgia number one, Michigan number two. TCU is sitting at third. They are down currently to Kansas State by a touchdown. That's an interesting game too. Yep, and that one's on right now. You said um, yep. USC number four, Ohio State five, Alabama six. So here's where things get hairy. Yep, Ohio, Ohio State, State, man. Which full disclosure, I'm a Buckeye fan. Trev is a Wolverine, so we don't get along very well. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's a lot of intense feelings in here. But I, I do feel that a lot of people nationally don't feel Ohio State deserves to go to the college football playoff. I get that. They got trounced by their rival at home at home in the final game of the season yeah. and didn't even get a spot in their conference title game. Mm-hmm. Are you really going to put a team into the playoff that didn't play in their conference championship game? The outrage 
But but if they do that, could we see an Ohio State Michigan rematch in the in a playoff game? So I'm possibly? here. I'm here to tell you it's possible. So let's assume Georgia and Michigan are both one and two at the end of the day. Okay. Let's assume that. All right. TCU, like you mentioned, right now is down seven in their championship game. Mm-hmm. If TCU loses, and as we mentioned, USC lost last night. Yeah. Ohio State could easily jump both of them. <laughs> and you know what? Alabama's kind of sitting in the same spot. Alabama's 10-2. and two, Well, you know Alabama's going to make it somehow. They always do. <laughs> Nick Saban always makes it. No matter if they deserve it or not, he always is in it. So is there a world where it's Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama? Yes, of course there is. I think that's very much of course a possibility there. right now. That, I mean, that is a playoff put together by the football guys. Yes, exactly. And the people who want their money's worth. Like, you know, I, I heard Urban Meyer say something want, yesterday. They don't want TCU in there, do they? I mean, n- nothing against the Horn Frogs, no, or any of their fans. But what's best for what's best for TV ratings? Ohio State and Alabama or TCU? So going off that point. Yesterday, I heard Urban Meyer say in the pregame uh, that Ohio State should go to the playoff just because they have the best players. That's dumb. It's so. Here's my point, though. I think it's dumb too. When I heard it, I was like, "So what? You're gonna just like let whatever team has the best recruiting class right. get into the playoff? That's okay. stupid." USC. He You're said. In. He said resume doesn't matter, and I I laughed. I was like, "Of course it matters. That's all that matters." But here's another point that you just made. Who wants to watch? I don't know who's on TCU. I can't name a single player. Who wants to watch TCU over a team that has possibly the best quarterback in the country in C.J. Stroud? Yeah. He's one of the best. Yeah. Top yeah, three for sure. Yep. The best wide receiver in the country in Marvin Harrison Jr. A defense riddled with first-round picks, offensive line with a bunch of first-round picks. Like, Te- Urban's point is somewhat valid in that they have a more enticing roster to watch. It's like teams... That you're going to see their players in the NFL. Yeah. Like, you're going to see these guys for a while. They're stars. Right. I know. I kind of understand that point of it. I still think him saying that resume doesn't matter is a a stupid argument. You got to win the games. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, let's, let's say like hell freezes over and Alabama wins is like under 500 or they they just win enough to get a bowl game are you going to put them in the playoff because they have the star players no you can't do that i think what's going to happen is georgia and michigan will be fine if tcu loses this game i think ohio state and alabama both get in man and we're going to have a Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama. What would ha- two what SEC would, so, teams and two Big Ten teams. So what teams. would need to happen for, what would the seeding need to be for Ohio State and Michigan? I mean, they they could play. Ohio State the, would need to be number three. Okay. TCU has to lose. TCU has to lose. Okay. If TCU loses, I think we might get an Ohio State-Michigan but matchup again, in the playoffs. again, too, it's not like Kansas State, who TCU is playing, is a pushover. They're number 10. Yeah, but do they jump Clemson, Penn State, Tennessee, Alabama, and Ohio State? I don't know. About That's that. five. I mean, pretty good teams. I know Tennessee <laughs> lost their star quarterback. I don't love Clemson or Penn State, but I mean, does Kansas State or Utah, who are ten and eleven, do they jump to the playoff? I don't think so. By winning their conference? I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. It is, but I don't think they that, each have three losses. I just don't think that you can jump that high in the playoff rankings just because of that. I mean, yeah, don't take anything away from winning your conference. 
USC. I love you watching make USC that lose. Oh, yeah. I love watching them lose. I hate They USC. messed up everything for the playoffs. I hate USC. I know. They ruined it for Screw the playoffs. Screw those guys. Coming up next, the baseball offseason is heating up, and uh, the Diamondbacks now are starting to make some moves. We'll tell you about all the latest going on in that uh, realm of sports. It's coming up next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Full disclosure, Mitch is out of town. Steve Zinsmeister here with you. I don't know why Mitch would pick this Saturday of all Saturdays to miss. There's college football action. Team USA played Netherlands this morning. We've got He better NBA be going news. somewhere fun. The voice of Cody Fincher you hear there filling in for Mitch today. Um, let's get into some baseball because you and I haven't had the chance to talk baseball in a little bit. The Diamondbacks are starting to make moves. Let's start with the big one that yeah, happened apologies yesterday. Apologies to all the Ain't No Fang fans out there. We haven't yeah, done we a haven't. podcast in a while. Life, well, life happens. And there hasn't been a ton of baseball news, but there is some that yeah. we, need to, we need to touch on. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, big news, uh, Jacob deGrom is Huge. going to Texas. Why? Possibly the best pitcher in the last seven or eight years. He got a five-year, $185 million contract from the Rangers. The Rangers, by the way, who just gave, what, $300 million each or so to Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager (laughs) last year? Big spenders. Man. For a team that's not that good yet. Like, is just shoveling cash to these players. Well, and they've made a lot of moves in the front office. uh, John Daniels left the team. Chris Young, former pitcher. Chris Young is now the GM and basically in charge of everything there. Yep. Uh, They just hired Dayton Moore, the former GM from the Kansas City Royals for so long. Uh, he he actually was the GM when Chris Young was a pitcher there. So he's kind of advising Chris Young. They have new manager and Bruce Bochy, who's won championships. Oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah, that. I forgot that Bruce Bochy came out of retirement. They're trying to load up, man. And I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't go get another really good top-end pitcher. I mean, and the reason they're spending so much money is because, I mean, they have some decent prospects, the Rangers, but it's not like they have a lot of crazy, you know, young talent that is coming up. Soon, I mean, they have they have now both Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, the two Vanderbilt pitchers. Um, but they're I don't college know, arms, so they could come up quick. I don't too. know how far away those guys are. Kumar Rocker might be a little bit further away because you know how he dealt with that whole injury during the draft, and you know he didn't get signed. And he was, took that year uh, off, yeah. though. I mean, like, yeah, he's a little he's, older than you might think. I don't know how much he was pitching. So, but anyway, yeah. So there's they're just shoveling cash to these players. I mean, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager and Jacob DeGraw, I mean, that you're talking about over you know, over half a billion dollars just for those three guys, close to a billion dollars. So that was the big news <laughs> yesterday. For three players. If you want to talk about news specifically today from a national perspective, uh, it appears it's been reported that outfielder Brian Reynolds from the Pirates, great switch hitter um, and an all-star, has asked the Pirates to be traded. Mm-hmm. Which is not shocking because the Pirates are not good. They haven't been pretty much ever in my lifetime. I wonder. I bet he goes to the Dodgers. <laughs> don't put don't put that out there in the universe. Here's another report that I saw uh, last night. Dennis Lynn, who covers the Padres for the Athletic, he's reporting that the Padres have had two in person meetings with Trey Turner. Boy, oh and boy. he and Juan Soto are like best friends, aren't they? Uh, they're, they're, they they're, they're played together tight. in Washington. Well, do, you, do you remember though in the All Star game, like uh, it was either Juan Soto was in the home run derby or Trey Turner was doing something, and one of them was wearing their Nationals jerseys. 
even though they're not on the same team anymore. So oh, like, interesting. They're tight. And I know Bryce Harper and Trey Turner are tight, too, from their Washington days. And there's been lots of Philadelphia there's rumors. There's been a lot of those, yeah. I've heard a lot that Trey Turner wants to go back to the East Coast, but at the same time, remember, he almost got traded to the Padres before he got traded to the Dodgers. There was the Scherzer thing, and there was the possibility of Trey Young going with Scherzer. Because remember, Scherzer was almost a done deal to the Padres. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. There was at least talks of Trey Turner possibly. Man. But Turner played in San Diego before, by the way. He, he was, did? Well, he was in that organization. That's where he came from. Yeah. Really? Okay, Originally. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So I don't think he ever played for man, the but Padres, like the but he was Padres in that system. Go, if they go out and get Trey Turner, I mean, that means Fernando Tatis is going to be playing in outfield. the outfield. Center field, maybe? Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. You would have Juan Soto, possibly one of the best hitters in baseball. Manny Machado. Manny Machado, one Trey, of the best hitters in Trey baseball. Trey Turner. Trey Turner, one of the best <laughs> players in baseball. All around. Fernando Tatis may be the most exciting player when he plays. Yeah, and this is suspended. That's four Man. of the top 15 Man. players in That's baseball. That's insane. Plus, their rotation is still pretty stacked for the yep. time being. Yep. They just locked up Joe Musgrove. You Darvish is around. Blake Snell. Blake Snell's better very good. this year. Man, please Think about no. the NL West. If, if Trey Turner's going to leave the Dodgers, can you just leave the division, please? Like, or in front of the D-backs, maybe? Well, what happens, uh-huh. yeah, what happens right. if Trey Turner stays in the division, whether it's the Dodgers or it's the Padres or even the Giants? And the Giants, if they land Aaron Judge? That's a, that's a thing, too. The yes. NL West could be loading up. Now, let's talk about the Diamondbacks. Okay. So they have made— What are they doing? They signed Miguel Castro. Okay. 27, I think he's going to be 28 before the start of he's, the season. He turns 28 in December. So when Gambo reported earlier this week, think younger with, with relievers. They're not going to go with any of the old guys, like a Craig Kimbrell or something like that. And, and just to, to stay right there for a second, that's a total philosophy shift, I feel like, for for Mike Hazen and the, and the D-backs front office. Because and the regime before. Ever since, just going back to Hazen, okay. ever since... He and Tory were hired in 2017. They've gone out and gotten veteran relievers. Uh, I mean, veteran like over 30 guys with closing experience. Fernando usually. Rodney was, you know, for their closer. Brad Boxberger, Greg Holland, Joaquin Soria, Tyler Clippard, Mark Melanson, Ian Kennedy. All those guys Yoshi are Hirano. Yoshi. All those guys are over at least 31 years yeah. old. Miguel Castro, by the way, is nasty. That dude throws really hard. And he, like like you said, he's young. So I don't know if he's, I don't know if this is like the closer because he's got an interesting contract. Yeah. I'm looking at Ken Rosenthal's Twitter account. He tweets out, uh, it's actually a report by uh, Robert Murray, but he's just uh, adding to it. Miguel Castro's one year, three and a half million dollar deal with Arizona includes a $5 million vesting option for 2024 that becomes guaranteed if Castro makes 60 appearances and passes the physical at the end of 23. Also, the vesting option becomes a player option if Castro finishes 40 games. So By finishes, that means it's the ninth inning and he's getting the last three outs, right? So if he's getting paid extra to close games, does that tell you that he's the new closer? I I don't know because it's all kind of dependent, you know? Like it, it's not a for sure, 
you know, guarantee, oh, this, this option becomes a player option if he finishes 40 games. But so I think they're giving him a chance if he does lock down the closer job to make it so he can opt in next year to uh, his contract himself instead of having it be a vesting option. But I mean, I, he's probably not a bad candidate for closer. He's got the stuff. He, he does. The numbers aren't great. 4.03 ERA last year with the Yankees is not bad, yeah. Uh, but a 1.45 whip. So he does walk guys. He does give guys up hits. get on base. Yeah, guys get on base. 31 strikeouts and where's the walk number? 15 walks. So I mean, it's not so bad. Two to one ratio. But uh, I do think he's. You're right. It is a, a shift in opinion. They're moving towards guys who have more stuff. Because we talked a lot on the podcast, the Ain't No Fang podcast. You can check it out at ArizonaSports.com. Uh, we've talked a lot about how their bullpen didn't have a lot of guys with stuff. Yeah. Joe Mantiply is a control pitcher. Uh, Ian Kennedy, at this point in his career, is certainly a control pitcher. Mark Melanson is a control pitcher. Mm. And in, in the rotation, too, you look at the top of the rotation. Zach Gallen is not a big-time stuff guy. He doesn't throw super hard. Yeah, he's, he's got great movement. He's th- He threw harder this year than he had in the past, I feel like. But, yeah, you're right. He's, he's not Merrill throwing, Kelly's he's not not throwing, throwing hard. Yeah, Madison exactly. Bumgarner certainly doesn't throw hard. Zach Davies doesn't throw hard. I mean, they didn't have those guys until September when they called up a guy named Dre Jameson. Right. Who throws hard. They've got other guys, Brandon Fott in AAA, who throws hard. They've mm-hmm. got Blake Walston, who throws pretty hard. I think there is a bit of a regret that they haven't brought in guys with as much raw stuff. And if you're Brent Strom, the pitching coach, you're looking at management like, just give me a guy. Give me a guy who has the goods, and I'll I'll mold that pitcher into somebody who can do some damage. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I do wonder if... Some of their younger starting prospects will become relievers for them. Like you know me, I, I I think you should try to. If a guy's a starting pitcher, you should try to have him be a starter. But let's be honest, the the Diamondbacks have a lot of young starting pitching, and they all can't pitch in the major league rotation. It's only five unless you go to you know unless you make your rotation a six or seven man rotation, which is not going to happen. There's only five spots for for those for that you know starting. Lock, you know, so I wonder if I wonder if you, you you're onto something. Like maybe maybe a guy like Blake Walston will be a relief pitcher. That could be maybe maybe yeah. Dre Jameson, I think he pitched really well as a starter when he came up last year. But you never know, guys who throw hard like that. If they, you know, it it happened with Archie Bradley. I mean, circumstances were a little different with Archie because of the injury, getting hit in the face with that ball, and he was coming back. They wanted to ease him back, but he. He turned himself into a pretty good reliever, so it's not out of the ordinary to see a, a, a prospect starting pitcher become a relief pitcher. I believe the Diamondbacks also acquired Carlos Vargas, who throws hard from, I believe, Cleveland. He got They got him from. So I'm glad that they're going after these guys now that throw hard because that means more strikeouts, usually. Um and just like you're saying, with all the control pitchers they have, they need some guys that can strike some people out. The bullpen needed a lot of help. There were rumors it still this week. Needs help. Let's not act like Miguel yeah. Castro is like okay, he we're good. It, no, no, it, it doesn't needs a fix lot everything. of help. A it, lot of help. Uh, also, there were rumors this week about Xander Bogarts being checked in on. Yeah, by the Yeah, I would like him very much, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to command a lot of money and thirty million a year. Maybe? Yeah, you might see Bogarts sign 
after Trey Turner because Trey Turner's obviously going to get a really big contract. He'll set the shortstop market. Yeah, and Scott Boris is Xander Bogart's agent. He's probably everyone's agent by now, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but that's and then there's the whole thing about Bogart's. Scott Boris came out and said that Xander Bogarts isn't switching positions from shortstop because that's been a that's been a topic of discussion around him, and it would kind of have to be the case with the Diamondbacks because they have Jordan Lawler, their top one of their top prospects who plays shortstop coming up, hopefully pretty soon. So, and right. I don't think they want to switch him to a different position, so they would have to move Bogarts to either second or third base. Yeah, and, and then you'd say, what do you do with Cattell Marte if you move Bogarts to second? You know, and all that. It just doesn't. What do you seem- do with Josh Rojas if if Bogarts moves to third? Not saying they shouldn't go after a guy like Xander Bogarts because they have too many people to play positions, but I just don't. Great problem. Gonna, I just don't think it's going to happen because of the money he's going to command. I don't think that's. I don't think the Diamondbacks and and John Gambadora was saying this on the Burns and Gambo show last week. They're not really in a position yet to spend big in free agency, so. I don't think that's going to happen. I'd like it to eventually, but I don't think that's going to happen. There is the Hayes and Red Sox connection. There is. Although you could also argue there's the Philadelphia Phillies, Dave Dombrowski, Red Sox connection. So I don't know. We'll see what their next move is. But so far, it's just been bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. Coming up next, uh, in terms of the Arizona Cardinals, they may not be playing this weekend because of the bye. But do we have some bye week drama stirring? That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, thanks for checking out Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister with you. Cody Fincher in for Mitch Vareldis today. Bear, as they call him. (laughs) And uh, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake. Ty, welcome back to the show, my friend. How's your bye week going? It is going all right, guys. It's uh, you know doesn't really feel like a buy for me because you know the the, uh, the grind never stops at Arizona sports. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a been a good little uh, break from football. I think it's a good little break for everybody from football right now, and uh, it's pretty interesting that it's raining today. <laughs> yeah, that is a little weird. I guess uh, I can't believe they don't just give you the week off on a bye week. Um, no, oh, I'm just kidding. Man, no way. In a perfect world, right? Can I you... want to work all the time. What are you talking about? Oh <laughs> yeah, for sure. Can I? Uh, can you give us a rundown of what the timeline looks like for practice schedule? I mean, obviously there's no game this weekend, so the guys aren't doing anything. But when do the Cardinals get back to work and start preparing for their next game? Yeah, you know, uh, just from the media side, there's a couple days off this next week, but I don't know what that necessarily means for the Cardinals. They still might have walkthroughs or, or just meetings, what have you. So sounds like Monday, from what Cliff told us last week, uh, Monday, or yeah, last Monday now, I guess, uh, Monday would be when they all come back, you know, then get right back into it Tuesday, Wednesday. With it being that Monday night game, they're actually going to have, I be- it might be an off day, it might be a closed walkthrough, who knows, on, on Friday. So schedule schedule's a little bit different but it's more so just because of the uh the upcoming game and yeah then we'll have a little uh, practice on Saturday and that that seems like that'll be that full blown kind of Friday type practice that they would usually have when they're playing on a Sunday so a uh, little bit of a tweak coming back and maybe uh maybe that'll give them a little jump start Tyler, what do you think is the number one thing that this team needs to really focus on during this bye week, during this time off? Is it just getting, trying to get a little healthier or is it something more? Yeah, I think, I think for sure getting healthy. I think you want to have as many guys healthy for this final stretch as you can to really give you, 
give you that chance to maybe end on a high note. Playoffs are look out of reach. I mean, what percent chance I believe it was when I was doing the uh, doing the research a couple of days ago. So that uh, tells you about all you need to t- all you need to know on those hopes. But yeah, I think getting healthy. I think looking to your younger guys. Uh, a couple guys that come to mind is MyJ Sanders, Cameron Thomas, uh, Lasita Smith. Just a lot of these rookies that have flashed. So give them this chance to grow. Give them the live reps. Trey McBride, another guy who I think if they can really start force feeding him some more, we could, we could see some flashes of why he got drafted so high. So uh, Cliff has told us, you know, it, it's a bummer losing Zach. It's great getting Hopkins and Hollywood together, but you know, they're, they're missing that threat in the middle. So if Trey can, uh, can turn it on these last couple of games, that'd be huge going into the off season. Talking to Tyler Drake. He's our Cardinals insider at ArizonaSports.com. And Ty, although it is a bye week, it hasn't exactly been a quiet one, thanks to uh, <laughs> Patrick Peterson, who's basically that ex that just won't go away. Uh, he had some comments about Kyler Murray, basically saying that he only cares about himself. Uh, comment on his leadership, I suppose. Uh, Kyler snapped back on Twitter, basically saying, yo, if you were my mentor and my big bro, you would have just called me to say this instead of trying to promote your own podcast. Uh, what, <laughs> what am I to take away from this? Am I team, Ty- uh, am I team Kyler? How, how, how am I supposed to respond to this? I mean, I think, I think for how everything went down, I, I, you would have to side with the quarterback at this point, I think. I mean, that was just another one of those out of nowhere, I guess not this one was more out of nowhere than after the Vikings game, after his rant, after the Vikings game. But yeah, I mean, just to, just to go on the rant. And, and by the way, the, the question that was asked was about the, you know, schematically bleeped and it was taken out of context. Mm-hmm. That was for the, they talked about it, how he said that for the whole offense. So there's another, another out of context quote on that quote alone. So that got him going and then he just didn't stop. And it's like, wow, man, like it's just, it's, it's wild that he still has to go back to it when he's got a team that's jostling for playoff position and he's still concerned about a team that might not even make the playoffs. So it's just clearly he's got a vendetta against them. Clearly he wants to talk to Kyle still. Clearly it hasn't happened because he probably wouldn't be talking unless he did. But, I mean, who knows? Who knows that whole situation? I think it's really interesting, you know, and I thought Kyler did great. I thought his response was, was spot on because – when Patrick was in Arizona, man, it felt like he was always trying to be that big bro, that mentor to, to Kyler. And then to turn around and do that is just exactly what Kyler said. You try to grow your podcast. That's that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I I completely agree with what Steve said. This Patrick Peterson just seems like that that dude that can't get over his ex or whatever. But um, I, I'm of this thought, Tyler, and I want to know what you think about it. Because I'm not going to deny that Patrick Peterson is one of the best players that this organization has ever had on their roster in their history. But, and you know, there are people talked about, you know, Patrick Peterson, is he going to be in the ring of honor? I think he is tarnishing his, his chances to be in the ring of honor. I think he's tarnishing his reputation with Cardinals fans. Like it's even, it's hard for people that were Patrick Peterson stands to even defend him. Now at this point, he talks about the Cardinals and trashes them so much. Do you think he'll ever be in the Cardinals ring of honor? You know, I, I at this point it does not look like like I. Why would they? Why would right, they? For right. how much he talks about him, but who knows down the line? Who knows ten years, fifteen years, whatever, what have you? Maybe there's forgiveness in there. Maybe two sides come together. Uh, but but I mean, yeah, you're right. He's tarnishing his reputation in Arizona for sure. Like I mean, you're still focusing on a team that you haven't been on in two years. And first of all, none of this chatter happened the first year when they lost to the mm-hmm. Cardinals. So it's just it's funny that that's even the 
kind of he finally got he finally got that win against his old team and now just cannot stop talking about him. But yeah, I think for sure he's he's hurting his legacy uh, for what he did here. I think for people that were Patrick Peterson fans when he was on the team, I mean he had the trade request midseason when under the Steve Wilkes era. He had the random like waste management where he's like, oh hey, sorry about that trade request, but. Yeah. Then he gets suspended, and then it's just like it's like holy cow, man! Like for a guy that said Kyler Murray cares about Kyler Murray, that's I mean it's 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 kind of uh, hypocritical if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when I stopped being a fan of Patrick Peterson was the whole trade request thing. As soon as as soon as things you know hit the fan and and didn't go the way they wanted them to go, he demanded or he asked for a trade, and then yeah, I, it really he really fell out of favor with me when he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll come back, and then he immediately get suspended for PEDs. So that's just, yeah. I, I'm just I'm done with Patrick Peterson. I don't want anything to do with him anymore. So yeah, <laughs> I maybe Kyler will go on his podcast. How how would you like that? That would be nice writing material for you. Oh yeah. Oh hey, he could always come on the Cardinals corner too. Hey hey, <laughs> open invitation. How dare you just say that to promote your own podcast? How dare hey, you? I gotta plug it, man. We'll call out Patrick Peterson for doing it, but I can't blame you. So on the Cardinals Corner podcast that you do with our buddy Eric Ruby, uh, you guys talked with Lasita Smith, offensive lineman, who's kind of been shoved into duty uh, with how many guys have been out on the line. What did he have to say about Kyler and his leadership? Yeah, yeah, it was great talking with him. Uh, he gave us a ton of gold. He, he, I think he's got a future in, uh, in media if he ever wants to get into it after football for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he. I asked him straight up, like, "Hey, what are your impressions of Kyler?" And and he went in and straight up went straight for you. Kind of, I think what we all were thinking about, and said, "Hey, you know, I think people think he's selfish, but really, the guy cares. It's passion. I think they mistake his passion for for selfishness." Like, and even he said, "You know, the hard knocks clip of uh, Hopkins and him getting into it." He goes, "That that play, I think a lot of people are that that clip. I think a lot of people took out of context." Because if he didn't care and, and he just wanted to sit back and, and make his money, which he already has, so he could just easily sit back and sit on the bench and not care, he's still trying to get there. And and the big thing for me, I thought, was just the fact that he he mentioned the work ethic of how he's in the building a lot. He's spending a lot of time with Colt. He's doing all the things that I think a lot of uh, people coming into the season, especially with the study clause stuff, viewed that as, hey, he's not doing enough. But from what Lasitas is saying, I mean, the dude is in the in in the training facility a lot, getting the work in, working with Colt. And I think we've all seen from the Hard Knocks clips of just how good Colt is, like he's basically another coach. So I think that's I think uh what he told us was solid. And I think just the whole the whole thing of like he's made his money. He doesn't have to come out here. He doesn't have to be mad. He doesn't have to do this. Like that that spoke a lot in my in, in personally. But yeah, Lasitas had a ton of good stuff to say guys. We'll have to check it out. It's the Cardinals Corner Podcast. You can find it at ArizonaSports.com, the same place that you can read all his stuff. He's Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider. Ty, you worked really hard this week. Uh, take the rest of the weekend off, all right? <laughs> Thank you, sir. As if that's my uh, right to give you the day off. I, I don't control Tyler's schedule. That's Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider at ArizonaSports.com. And uh, no Cardinals action this weekend. Technically, no Cardinals action next weekend either because they play on a Monday night, which is a little weird because they already played on a Monday night. They yeah, their their prime time schedule. They had their Thursday night against the Saints, yeah, and then they had Monday in Mexico City against right. the Niners, and they have another Monday against the Patriots. It's a very non traditional schedule. It's been weird for Hard Knocks too because that always comes out on Wednesday. So I did watch the most recent one last night. Me too. I didn't want to because they're not really talking about any of the big stuff. I didn't want to watch the third episode. 
because I knew how that game ended, and I I knew it was just going to be let's follow you know and no, it, I hate it it doesn't I don't want to insult anyone but like it was just you know let's follow Will Hernandez around Mexico City he used to live there that's cool that's fine him waving the Mexican flag was awesome I thought that was great but there was there's nothing there's been nothing juicy in these hard knocks episodes that and I there care are things about. happening with the there Cardinals are juicy things happening like just not on the show then they're not making it on this on onto the airwaves uh speaking of how games ended how the heck did the Suns lose to the Rockets at home last night? Yeah. We'll try to figure that out. That's coming up next.